There is an advert on the television currently that suggests it's possible to go nose-blind and become oblivious to the pongs that accumulate in a well-lived-in home. Is it possible when you live for a length of time in a town or a city, which has ambitions to be a city like Douglas, you can also overlook things that perhaps you shouldn't be overlooked? For decades, Douglas has had the blemishes of sites that have been cleared and then... Summerland, the bus station site, the area still waiting for development where the Villiers Hotel once stood. 25 years ago, in a satirical end-of-year review, we at Manx Radio touched upon the subject. What's Kelly's eyesore today, Peter? Well, David, I'm looking at what was once a very large, grand hotel with uh, lots of wooden staircases and, and windows and render but has now been completely done away with and transformed into what is a very fine example of late Elizabethan derelict site. As the listeners will be aware, David, the art of the derelict site was gradually developed through the late 70s and into the 80s in the Isle of Man, but it was only when the chance of using this big seafront site came along that they were able to give it full expression. Early Manx derelict sites, like, like the Fort Anne, were very good efforts, but they let some grass grow and a few trees remained, and it didn't really go as far as as it should have. But here, on the Villiers site, we have a marvellous example of total destruction. A few piles of bricks have been left as carefully planned intervals to heighten that feeling of wasteland, and some rubbish, a few old bits of newspaper lie around. But what does distress me, David, is this large hoarding around it, it's, it's hiding this marvellous expanse of decay and, and barrenness from the people walking by, and they can only get a, a sense of its grandeur by peering through holes in the hoarding. But I'm, I'm glad to say a preservation order has been slapped on this site by the corporation uh, who have been striving to make sure this remains a derelict site well into the future, and I can only applaud them for their efforts. And the one thing is, David, that these derelict sites cost so little to maintain once they've been produced. Indeed, they can be produced at a knockdown price. Well, there we have it, David. I might quote Caesar. I came, I saw, I conquered. A suitable epitaph, perhaps, for this awful sight. The capital of the Isle of Man is the town of Douglas. Well, it was a town up to this year, and actually still is, because there's a bit of paperwork to do before it blossoms into a city, I understand. That was after an application apparently ticked the right boxes in the run-up to the late Queen's Platinum Jubilee celebrations. Local authorities right across the UK and the Crown Dependencies, that's us, and overseas territories had been invited to take part in the Civic Honours Competition, which was arranged to mark the Jubilee. While some wondered about this, That was a pause for thought. Uh, Claire Wells, leader of the town council still, seemed in little doubt about its knock-on effect. It would mean Douglas could attract new investment and promote itself to a global audience, she said, shortly after the acidification news broke. Everybody on the Isle of Man should be proud of this. It's not just about Douglas, it's about what it'll do for the island, which is incredibly important. Um, I also think that we are incredibly proud of our city i'm going to go with it now and i'm so grateful to all the officers here that put in an awful lot of hard work to put this together it's months of gathering information and putting it all together to put forward your bid for what is essentially a you know um a lucky draw 
Now, the best way to see an elephant to appreciate the splendour that is this massive creature is to uh, move back a bit. <coughs> Quite a way if the elephant is feeling grumpy. From a distance, you can really take in the creature from the tip of its tusks to the adorable fluffy bit at the end of its tail and all those wrinkles. In a similar way, to really see a town or city, perhaps it's best to move to a viewpoint where most of the said town or city can be seen. That's no problem on this island, because our towns are flanked by convenient hills where the voyeur can retire to. Here I am on Douglas Head, and before me, twinkling with its lights, is the newly citified Douglas. From the harbours, both outer and inner, before rolling along the promenade and along the beaches to Derby Castle, and then up and along and round, taking in the mass of homes and houses and offices and shops that underlined the desire of many people to live in close proximity with many other people, thousands of other people, tens of thousands of other people, in some cities, millions of other people. Sometimes, when I'm on a train coming into, say, London, I look at all the houses and wonder about those lives, all those relationships, all those dramas, all those crises, all that joy and excitement, all that fear and disappointment, and wonder if Penelope is still living there somewhere. <laughs> she wouldn't remember me. But to return to another city, as I now regard Douglas, I'm wondering, am I proud of it? Am I fond of it? Am I frankly disappointed with it? And if I am any of these things, how many other people feel the same way? So that's the first thing. Is Douglas just as we like it, or could it do with improvement? Do we need a sort of Ramsay to come in and say, you're doing this wrong, you're doing, oh, that's terrible, and a few F-words, and then the next morning we could go back into Douglas and miraculously it had been transformed into something wonderful. Well, anywhere can do with improvement, and Douglas could do with a bit of reinvention. That's the question. If the answer is, nope, she'll do, then this journey stops abruptly here. But if not, a film I can watch many times without tiring of is Evan Almighty, in which a budding national US politician finds himself diverted by God, and I will frankly be sad if, when my time comes, I arrived at the pearly gates and found God wasn't, in fact, Morgan Friedman, uh, into building an ark. At one point, uh, Morgan... Um, God, takes him to a viewpoint and shows him what the valley where he lives looked like before humans arrived. Beautiful, isn't it? I remember creating this valley. Notice how the mountains line up east to west. I saw there'd be lots of sunshine. Where are we? <laughs> Don't recognize it, eh? Now, this is where you live, son. This is Prestige Crest. I wanted you to see the original design. Well, let's try the same thing with Douglas, starting from the things that have been here for some time, the hills. Uh, we have the curve of the shoreline. Let's imagine the whole place without any buildings, just a pebbly beach, perhaps some sand behind it, the meadows, the fields, the rocks and trees, perhaps right over the whole area. Now then, let's build a town. Well, where would you start? Well, probably where Douglas started, round the river and its opening to the sea, somewhere to draw up boats, sheltered in most winds, somewhere to build a shelter at first with branches, then with 
fashioned wood and then with fashioned stone, and all this glorious development, of course, without any planning whatsoever. Some years ago, in the early 90s, a writer and architectural historian named Gavin Stamp gave his opinion of Douglas. I'll give you his written opinion, first of all, and I'm quoting. For Victorian buffs, the island is a marvel. Douglas is still an old-fashioned and rumbustious seaside resort full of stuccoed terraces of boarding houses. Betjeman wrote how the distant effect is of white paper folded into a concertina and perched here and there and everywhere along the shore. He went on, The visitors, who will be disappointed, however, are those who hope to see good modern architecture, unless they enjoy taking perverse pleasure in its opposite. For the Isle of Man can boast the worst, the tawdriest, the most insensitive and inept new buildings to be found anywhere in the British Isles, and these are combined with the crudest and most damaging town-planning decisions. All that is missing, fortunately, are urban motorways, roundabouts and superstores to complete the picture, for the size of population cannot justify that level of destruction. We're living in a time like the 1880s and 1890s when there's complete stylistic chaos, as you'll see if you go to any city in Britain. All sorts of styles are going at once, but there are standards in all of these styles, just in any area of life, whether painting or literature. In the end, there are there is a consensus on what is good and what is bad. That is what we've got to apply anywhere with, with building. I certainly don't wish to see any one style. I'd like to see some good modern buildings. What matters, I think, are things like scale. Is it too big? Is it right? Does it fit in? Are the materials right? And one sad thing in Douglas is seeing how much really rather bad red brick there is. I mean, Douglas is really a, a town that largely rendered and stuccoed, painted stucco. That's the glory of the promenade. Architectural historian Gavin Stamp, no longer with us. One of the landmark individual buildings along the promenade alongside the Villa Marina and the Gaiety Theatre, is the former home of the governor, the Castle Mona. Once the island's casino, indeed Sean Connery, was the guest at its opening, tasteless additions came over the years, like a monstrous carbuncle on the face of a well-loved and elegant friend. The inelegant wing in question has now been swept away by new owners, but it remains behind hoardings, prompting concern for those who've heard tales about its internal condition. Questions were asked of the Environment Minister, Claire Barber. Since this matter was last raised by the member for Douglas North, the building has, of course, been sold by its then-owners, the Sefton Group, to the Tavir Group. I can confirm that upon their ownership of this important buildings, the owners did engage with the planning directorate, particularly the registered buildings officer, and shortly after this, eight planning applications and registered building consent applications were submitted and approved for the building, which involved the removal of modern extensions such as the hotel wing, bowling alley, as well as applications for major repair and renovations to the roof. It is clear if you walk or drive past the site that these extensions which detracted from the architectural interest of the building have now been removed. It is my understanding that the owners are still working towards making repairs to the roof, which have been hampered by a number of issues on site, but th this matter is being dealt with by them. When was the last time there was an assessment of the internals of the building? Because the Minister alluded to the fact of the question I asked, which is now six years ago, believe it or not, which was very similar. And at that point, there was issues with the internal ballroom ceiling, um, which is of historic importance. There hasn't been a recent internal assessment of the building specifically. Um, there have been conversations um, over the period of time between the registered building officers um, and with the owners of the building. Um, and they are reassured by the amount of works that they are doing and the areas that they're focusing on. Will the Minister perhaps reflect on... Um, 
perhaps what changes need to be made in order to make sure that our legislation is fit for purpose and will protect buildings of the historical importance of Castle Mona and others going forward? I'm aware of some significant challenges within um, the current legislation that the officers are currently working through to look at how we can improve and where best to improve. And I'm also looking forward to the report of uh, Mrs Masker's committee, uh, my honourable colleague in council, um, in terms of some of the additional uh, information they may have weaned out of the informative evidence sessions they've held so far. So what do you think of our capital? And what do those who visit Douglas think of our capital? You're from Newcastle. You've yes, come across yes, here. You're yes. visiting, are you? Yes, family. So have yes. you been here before? Yes, lots oh, yeah. of times. Lots of times. Do you know Douglas well? Mm, well, a little bit. What do you think of it? It's, it's nice. It's a nice yeah, little place. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shops are okay. Buildings. Yeah. New, well, new promenade. Well, we, oh, we, yeah. I'm saying Newcastle, but we're actually from a place called South Shields. South Shields. So South got Shields. Oh, yeah. A lot more shops than we've got. Oh, right. So it does well in that regard. Yeah. So you actually look forward to coming over here? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, definitely. Anything that it's missing that you would think it'd be nice if it had that? No? Not that Wrinkle brows. Not that I can yeah. think of. Or not off the top it's got of everything. Head. It's the town that <laughs> has. The, sorry, the city that has everything. It's got. It's got me family here. That's what. Oh, that makes it. it that that makes it perfect. Yeah. All the difference. Yes. Yes. I have. Sir, you're coming from Castletown to Douglas. Yes, we are. Do you do it quite often to Douglas? Uh, yeah, probably a couple of times a month. Sort of Saturday mornings, working Castletown. So it's not particularly local for me. But when we need more than Castle Town's got, we tend to come to Douglas So is it the it. highlight of your month, is it, coming to Douglas? Is it, <laughs> it, well, do you leap with joy with the thought of it? It's, it's, I wouldn't say we leap with joy, but I mean, we come and get normally what we need in, yeah. in Douglas or the sort of uh, surrounding area of Douglas. So. What about Douglas itself? What do you think of it? Do you, or do you think of it? I tend not to. I mean, we, I've only lived on the island since January, yeah. so we're still exploring little bits, but... Um, so you're a good person to give an overall impression well, coming I am. into Douglas. So... The improvements that we've seen recently, uh, particularly down the promenade, I think have hugely enhanced Douglas. It's, it's making it a much more both physically uh, attractive place to, to see and to be, but also I think it's going to make it more attractive for visitors to want to come to. So it's opened it up, it seems to be cleaner, tidier. Just talking to people, I'm doing a programme on Douglas, what they think of Douglas. <laughs> Quiet. Quiet, yeah, Ready. but what about the buildings, the, the ambience? Do, are you fond of Douglas? Do you, do you look at uh, it with, with Not with really, fondness? no. I mean, there's not a lot to come down to nowadays. Mm. When you you walk through and it's like you walk through the street in a couple of minutes and... That's that's the, the, that's the shops. What about the general buildings, the, the look of the place? Tatty. Old. Needs updating. In what way? What do you think? Uh, new buildings? New... Yeah, look? I don't see why not. If it's going to improve the place. What about the prom? What do you think of that? <laughs> You're laughing, why? I mean, it's, we've just spent millions on it. We walked along it last night and they, there's no lights, no atmosphere, nothing on there. The, it's bland after they've taken all the festoons down. You wouldn't know it was Christmas. Yeah. No. I don't live here, so... Mm. Where do you come from? <laughs> um, I'm from in the UK. In the UK? How, where does it, how does it compare where you come um, from from here? I mean, where I specifically come from is quite similar because um, where I come from is relatively small but I know this is yeah. but um, like compared to the big cities like mm. this is a lot smaller than them but like compared to places near where I live it's kind of like the same you're not going to tell us where you level. live are you keeping <laughs> a secret in Rosendale in Rosendale yeah but when you first came to Douglas and you looked at it what, what yeah. was your impression do you think nice place 
Um, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> um, it, you described it to me as quite small, so it was actually bigger than I expected it to be because you kind of downplayed it quite a bit yeah. compared to where we were used to. What do you think of the promenade? I mean, obviously, we've I like it. it. It's really pretty along there, actually. I really. People yeah. say there should be more lights, more things on it, more of a spectacle. What, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I'm not really there at night to see the lights, really. Um, but I think, it, I mean, it's really nice in the daytime, especially because I was here over summer. It's really nice then. I just like being by the sea, so I think that's why. The sea adds a lot, doesn't yeah, it? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Hey Lily, what do you think Douglas uh, should have that it hasn't got? Uh, Greg's and a Krispy Kreme shop. Where, where do you get these? I mean, you've been to places where they have them, do you? Where? Whereabouts? Uh, Liverpool. Oh, right. So and Blackpool. So that's what it's missing, is it? What else? Do you, do you like Douglas? Yeah. It's a nice time of year as well, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You like the lights and all? Yeah. What's the dog's name? Barney. Barney. Is he good natured? Yeah. Yes. Hi Barney. And, and, and sometimes when you tell him to sit, he just never does it. Yes, he's not alone there. <laughs> Visitors to Douglas tend to see the town city differently to those who are perhaps considering setting up a business here, maybe coming from across attracted by the image of a largely bucolic area with low crime, rather different from, say, a city or large conurbation across. One past Chief Minister, Alan Bell, was convinced that some of the less attractive aspects to building and brownfield sites in Douglas saw potential money earners turning around and leaving. You'll be well aware, uh, John, that I have raised this issue time and time and time again over the years, uh, not just as Chief Minister, but long before that, it is when I was Tourism Minister and uh, um, Treasury Minister as well. It's a comment I hear frequently. Now, things have improved in Douglas uh, somewhat from what they were, but we still have a very long way to go. Uh, we've started some regeneration in Strand Street, which I think, although it has its critics, I think has improved the, the appearance of the town centre somewhat. But we have a long way to go. We still have Lord Street to, to be developed. Um, and, of course, we have the ongoing saga of the roads, the, the, the general roads around town, around Douglas, are uh, creaking badly. The potholes appearing. Uh, it, it's it, the, the road network around Douglas is extremely shabby. Uh, the, the white lines, for example, on many, many areas have vanished altogether. All these things add up to a very negative image of, of Douglas. Former Chief Minister Alan Bell uh, saying that the state of Douglas did deter some people from coming across uh, to the island, or at least they may come across, but then leave fairly smartly. Infrastructure Minister Chris Thomas, would you agree with that? I, uh, I think I have to. Uh, Douglas is a tale of two cities. Um, if you look, if you go along the promenade, you can't help but notice that one of our greatest buildings, the Castle Mona, has a couple of windows open, and presumably our famous seagulls and things are, and, and pigeons are, are going in there. When we when you get to the far end of the promenade, we've still got to get the money to finish off the um, the bus stops and things to actually give them a good lick of paint. Although loads has been done, loads of good things have been done, but we've got problems we've still got to fix. You know, ever since I've lived on the Isle of Man, 20 years that is, 20 years plus, we've had. Uh, the same brownfield sites immediately opposite the uh, the uh, Parade Street uh, sea terminal sites. In that sense, that's one of the cities. The second city I see, though, because I said it was a tale of two cities, is there is great ambition now. So I'm uh, very pleased to notice that the Queen, the late Queen, recognised Douglas as a city, the first in the Crown Dependencies. The city itself has worked mean with. Anything, yeah, but the city itself, city? the councillors, the officers from the council are working with us to put together a, a 
a vision of what the promenade will look like after we've finished our work once it's funded in the next 10 years. The city itself is thinking through its waste collection arrangements. Uh, um, the city itself has got this incredibly ambitious housing plan to, to, to look again at how it's provided public housing, you know, to, to, what to do next with Lord Street. You know, now those buildings have been replaced by the wonderful Peel Reed. So it's, it's definitely a tale of two cities. It's not at its best. We let ourselves down over the last 20 years, but I, I'm delighted I, I get the impression the City Council has recognised that, as has government, as have the people, and we now now's the time. Of course, it did require a deal of manoeuvring years ago for Douglas to move up the island's pecking order and become the principal town. Moving the House of Keys was a key move, although Douglas became de facto capital in round about 1869. The mover and shaker in these years was Governor Henry Locke. He really got things going in Douglas with the aim to start attracting the tens of thousands of visitors who were busy discovering the pleasures of the Lake District. If they want to go there, reasoned Locke, they'll enjoy coming here, with the boat trip across adding a bit of exoticism and a foreign feel to a Manx holiday. He pushed for improving the harbour and doing away with a maze of small lanes to start creating, from the foreshore, the open promenade which carries his name. With his background and connections in the UK, he was able to negotiate a deal by which the Manx government got its hands on the surplus revenue after an increase in customs. That meant the infrastructure development cash was affordable, not just in Douglas, in other towns around the island. Charles Gard is someone who over the years has observed the unusual and the commendable on the island, uh, buildings in quite a few instances, and has made a series of programmes on what he's seen. But his latest created a stir when he fulminated against the state of uh, Marine Drive. Uh, Charles, uh, thanks for joining me. I paused and regarded Douglas this morning from Douglas Head. Uh, There can be a few criticisms about its setting, can there? It has got a gorgeous setting. It's got one of the best settings in the British Isles. This is the perfect bay with two beautiful headlands and... Uh, uh, an elegant sweep. It's just fantastic. And you get down to ground level and you look at some of the buildings, some of the bare sites, etc. Okay, it's not beautiful. Douglas functions. Does it matter if a capital, as long as a capital functions, does it matter if it's beautiful? Of course it matters because it raises everybody's spirits. It also says to the rest of the world that we care, that we are uh, sophisticated people and uh, we want to preserve what we've got. You say it functions... I don't know if you've counted the number of brownfield sites around the island. I went round on my bike the other day. There are at least 27, not, sorry, not round the island, they're in Douglas, 27, starting with that prime development site of Summerland, right up to the end here. 80% of them have got cars on them. Now, let's be honest, we've never dealt with the car parking problem and the thousands of people that come in every day. I remember Clifford Irving talking about this in Tinwell in 1983. And... <laughs> All these lots have got cars on them. What's going to happen if they're ever developed? Where those cars are going to go? I mean, this is an infrastructural problem in the town that should have been dealt with years ago. Are you hopeful anything's going to change? No, I'm not, no. I have noticed two major consultations about the town of Douglas, one in the 90s and one, was it 10 or 15 years ago, promoted by Chris Robertshaw. We got consultants over and they spent a fortune looking at Douglas. They came up with all sorts of plans, including one which to demolish the 
wonderful sea terminal building. And these were presented to us. Not a single thing has happened. Why do we waste our time on it? Uh, there must be another way. And David Ashford was talking recently about how the Isle of Man could be a world leader. I've often thought that. He was referring to e-scooters. He was, but, I mean, the principle is that we, surely, as a small island, with our own government, and there's only a few of us here, surely we could make some decisions and sort these things out. Charles, God, thank you. So, as we plunge into the new year... Can we look for changes in Douglas? Kennedy said we shall put a man on the moon by the end of the decade. Can we place something worthwhile, perhaps even beautiful, functional, and with that wow factor on those sites which are too long, festered in Douglas? Do we need to look at our capital on the eve of becoming officially a city, holistically? Another city called Paris has its heart arranged in 20 arrondissements, spiralling out from the centre, and each with its own character. Could we achieve something similar? The first, say, based on the Tinwall complex, the next based on Strand Street and the Promenade, then the harbour, before moving into Upper Douglas, the next curling round, taking the Grandstand and Nobles Park, each with an identity but part of the capital. And could we create buildings, objects that have a wow factor? My candidate would be a statue of King Ori or even Mananin grasping his mighty axe on a plinth some 30 feet high and set in the centre of the promenade where it would be uplit at night. It would be visible to visitors arriving on the ferry. On the plinth, and this is important, would be the words in Manx and English, come on if you think you're tough enough. It would be a work of art as well as a national statement of intent. 2023, the year Douglas became something we could be proud of, functional and beautiful. Dream on.